Welcome to the Nest and Nurture podcast. I'm your host and psychotherapist, Leisha Cash. Now let's get this therapy session started. Thank you so much for joining me and welcome back. This is part two of the Default Parenting podcast episode. I'm excited to delve back in and as I mentioned before, this might be part two of many different parts because I feel like this is a very big topic that requires quite a bit of attention. And just a reminder that this is not a substitute for therapy. If you feel you need individual support and would benefit from couples counseling or individual work, please reach out to a therapist for professional support. So now I want to get started and talk about default parenting and some ways that we can start working towards understanding and shifting to find more balance. So I want to kind of pick up from where we left last week. You had a couple things to think about. Are you subscribing to societal norms when you're feeling like you have to take it all on as the default parent? Is your partner subscribing to those norms as well? Is your partner able to offer support? Have they tried? Are they engaged? If you gave them the space, would they? Or do you give them the space and they don't? So some of those really big questions to start looking into. And this week, I want to start off with the first step of building on some of those thoughts that you've been having since our last episode. So the first step in this process is developing awareness. Basically, we're putting everything on the table. I want you to ask yourself, what is really going on here? For instance, I might have a client come to me and say, I'm not sleeping and I really, I don't want to talk about my past, my, my childhood, my core beliefs. I just want to figure out how to get some sleep. And I'm like, that's totally cool. We're going to do an intake session and I'm going to ask you a lot of questions because that's just kind of how I work and how I practice. And from there, we're going to start talking about your sleep. And through that conversation, when we're laying everything out on the table, we find out there's a lot going on. They just moved. They're pregnant. They have just changed careers. There's a pandemic, like so many factors. So it's not just that their body won't go to sleep and that there's an issue. Maybe they're drinking too much caffeine or having wine at night. It's the layers underneath it all. So with awareness, I want to say to my clients, What is really going on here? And I want you to ask yourself that and maybe ask your partner. You might be feeling burnt out, overwhelmed, touched out, trying to manage everything, keeping the balance, everyone happy, safe, healthy, and yet you're feeling like you can't find balance in all of the responsibilities placed upon you. And sometimes they're self-inflicted, sometimes external, sometimes it's our partner. Like it's not just you taking the responsibilities. Sometimes it's beyond your control. Simple awareness of these dynamics can create a shift. We first need to identify explicitly that we are the default parent. And I would take it even a step further and say, we are the default for what? Not just parenting. Are we also the financial default? Are we you know, the household chore default, whatever it might be. What are you the default for? And then I identify why this dynamic has been created. And if you want to start small, that's fine. Start at the child rearing. Why are you the default parent? What is the reasoning for this position? And then we break it all down further. (laughs) 
So we know that we're the default parent for the majority of the responsibilities, if that's what you discovered. But does our partner know that we are the default parent? And what are the other areas that we generally are responsible for? And what are the areas that our partner is the default for? What is their responsibility? I've done a lot of self-reflection and I'm trying to build more awareness because I feel like when I'm talking about these with my clients, I'm in it right now too. I have two children. I'm with my husband. You know, we have the dynamics that some of my clients are going through as well. And I had to take a moment because I am constantly the cleaner upper. I'm the declutterer. I'm putting all of the kids' things back. I like the island completely clear whenever everything's being cleaned. I'm very much aware of clutter and mess. And my partner is on top of the pool. Like he is the one to go outside. I do not know anything about shocking the pool, chlorine pucks, nothing. I don't know the schedule. And I have decided to not know that information right now. Eventually, when it becomes important or I have the capacity or space to take it on, I will. But right now, he's managing that. And I think, okay, you're the default for the pool. You're the pool boy, which is like kind of fun. I can watch him walk around, clean the pool. You know, it's nice. But it's a conscious thing that I made conscious when I was saying to myself, oh my gosh, this house, like I'm constantly cleaning. Is it shared? Is there balance? And then I say to myself, oh, like I also don't have to go outside and do the pool stuff. Or when it's about to pour rain, I'm not running outside and doing like all of the covering of the furniture and bringing in the cushions. He's usually on top of it. So starting to also notice in moments when we can, when we have the capacity to, and when we're doing this work to say, what is my partner's default role. And it may not be child rearing, but taking it a step further and saying, does it help me have more capacity to child rear? And this is just starting to pave the way for some of the later steps. So noticing what the defaults are and who is responsible, how that makes you feel, um, especially because sometimes when we do comparison, we say, okay, yeah, I understand and appreciate that he's managing the pool and that he's sweeping up all the leaves and all that stuff but I'm also inside making dinner watching from the window him doing that peacefully while the children are running around hitting each other with pans from the kitchen you know so whose job is harder in that moment I would like that I'd like to be outside skimming the pool right now over this chaos so we even do those comparison moments but that is is a great opportunity to, when you have the capacity, be like, were there any moments like that? Um, When my partner's been doing something and I'm thinking, oh, I'm jealous of him for doing that, maybe building a little bit of resentment around it, but thinking, oh, let me take it a step further and reframe it as a default. And I know some of you are probably thinking, especially if you're in it right now, that you are you know, nursing or bottle feeding a baby and you look over in the middle of the night, it's 3 a.m. and you see your partner snoring beside you and you have this resentment of the sleep resentment, sleep envy that he can just sleep through it all. And yes, you are the default parent in that moment for sure. And that's really, that's a toughie. That's a tough one. Um, But thinking about those scenarios where You have noticed these things, but you also notice your partner 
trying to either help or trying to be a default in some ways for other tasks. In addition to all of this, I think it's more than likely that your partner has some idea of the defaults that they are responsible for. Usually we know what we're responsible for and they carry that information with them, right? So it can be almost easy in these moments to become defensive if conversations come up. Our partners may feel that we're implying that they're not carrying the load and therefore they might list off, well, like I take care of the pool and I go get our gas put in our cars and I do this and that because they're feeling potentially attacked or that they are becoming defensive because they feel they're putting in their weight and for some reason it seems they're not. And therefore, just starting to build that awareness would be important for both of you to look at both sides. So when I'm tasking you with this, I want you to also keep in mind that when you talk about this with your partner, that they are doing the same thing. What makes things a little more complicated is that sometimes when it comes to default parenting within that general group, so it's not like house related and it's not financial, it's within the child rearing group, (laughs) there are multiple defaults. This is where it gets complicated. So I'll give a good example. Perhaps all health-related doctor's appointments are your default, whereas your partner is the default parent for extracurricular transportation or participation in a sport with their child or coaching. That's where it becomes a little bit more complex. She's like, well, my partner does this and that. But that actually is what we need to identify These are the kinds of situational defaults that become, you know, prominent usually in the later stages of child rearing, whereas at the beginning, it seems to be more prominent for one parent to take the majority of the responsibilities, and that might include emotional, physical, and logistical. But the important piece here is to say, if there is defaults within the child rearing, and they are situational and circumstantial, we need to develop awareness of that because it balances things out a little bit more. That creates the space to say, oh, I feel this is super heavy, but my partner is a default in some ways. They're able to help in those ways. How can I increase that support? How can I maybe offload a couple more things to my partner if I feel that the other stuff is too heavy? I bet you're probably thinking doctor's appointments with young children are potentially torture and Going and coaching a sport doesn't seem as bad. And that's what creates the resentment and the imbalance even within those things. But it's simple awareness of even our partners doing something that seems default-ish that can help us reduce resentment and also allow the space to say, okay, how can I relieve some of the heavier emotional tasks that I do? How can I offload some of that so there's a little bit more balance so I don't feel like he's just doing the fun stuff and I'm doing the really challenging stuff. Starting to develop some understanding and awareness of the current season you're in, the responsibilities you and your partner hold, and the way it helps move your family through the day-to-day is important. We're often in survival mode. We're trying to just get through and we might not notice as much. And that creates this dynamic of not even having the understanding or appreciation for each other. What's really important to remember is that both working partners and stay-at-home partners are doing very important jobs. 
this is the awareness piece. <laughs> really important. Everybody's doing important jobs. Now, the struggle with a stay-at-home parent is that their job doesn't end at 5 p.m. We talk about work-life balance. They're on 24-7. Sometimes if your babies aren't sleeping, you literally are on 24-7. And because you're taking care of so many logistics and emotional aspects of parenting, it just doesn't necessarily end even when the other parent comes home. And not only that, the default parent may not be a stay-at-home parent. They may also have a career. And therefore, they might be trying to balance not only their job and their demands of their career, but their child-rearing responsibilities when they get home, which essentially might be like their partner. But if you're the default, you're probably doing a little bit more. And here's my favorite part. The step we always talk about in therapy, communication. Without communication about awareness and understanding of what the other's doing, the importance of both work, there will not be balance. So let's talk about communication because it can be a toughie. This is a whole other million podcast episodes, but generally speaking, if you aren't communicating effectively, your support system is likely not as great at supporting you as they could be. Louder for the people in the back. If you are not communicating effectively and your partner's not communicating effectively, your support system is not likely supporting you the way they should. Both partners first need to bring awareness into the space that one parent is often responsible for child rearing more than the other, while also acknowledging the weight that the non-default parent is carrying too. And I'm telling you right now, this stuff doesn't happen when you're fighting. (laughs) It's really hard to access that appreciation and acknowledgement and awareness in the middle of a fight. So these things often come out in the repair from a fight or in calm, neutral moments where we bring it into the space. Then we move into what's working and what is not. What needs to be addressed here is the importance of sharing awareness, acknowledging challenges for both sides, but also being mindful of defensiveness and being open to alternative opinions, even if you disagree. If we automatically put up our defenses to protect ourselves, we are closing ourselves off from communication. Essentially, we are going to get nowhere. Focusing less on the tasks, we often really like to focus on the tasks and the things we did wrong and the cup left on the counter, really specific situations. I want you to focus less on that and more on the emotions. What did it make you feel like and why? Rather than say, you left that cup on the counter and I'm so pissed off, we could say, I had a really hard day with the kids today and it's been a a really big challenge this whole week. Really, I feel overwhelmed and I'm not going to lie. When I came down and I saw that cup on the counter after I just cleaned the kitchen, like literally washed every dish, put it away so I could, you know, sit down on the couch and just relax, that made me frustrated and I feel like I really need a little bit of support and I just, I feel like I could use more support. It takes away from this defensiveness in a sense of saying, oh my gosh, it's a cup on the table. It's more like 
hey, I'm feeling overwhelmed. I had a really long day and I just wish that I could have some support. It's a little thing like putting that cup in the sink, washing it or putting in the dishwasher. It's a small thing. But for us, after all of those things, that long day, that cleanup, everything, it's a big thing. So even communicating that. So with that being said, when we're asking for support, our partners are going to say, okay, so what can we do? How can we help? We need to figure that out. What does that support look like? And that often requires us to shift our expectations. So our next step, shifting your expectations. I don't want to say lowering your expectations, but I feel like that would probably be accurate. (laughs) Um, And that's a hard thing to do. I mean, for some people, it's like, no, I should expect the best all the time. But sometimes that leads to disappointment in ourselves and others. So when I'm talking about expectations, I am referring to shifting the expectations for ourselves and our partners and communicating this, figuring it out and communicating it. If we are in the mindset that we cannot ask for help because we are the primary caregiver, And that is simply our responsibility and to burden our partner would be absolutely against our beliefs, then we are becoming the barrier to our own success. I want you to ask yourself, what deeper value do you place on motherhood and the role of motherhood that is potentially detrimental to you getting the support you need? Why do you expect yourself to bend And not expect the same for your partner. Why do you expect you to hold all and juggle all the balls in the air? And not drop one, but allow the space to have a partner that doesn't hold as many or can drop one. Do you feel your partner already bends in other ways? And perhaps this is worth a conversation around you both bending. You both being burnt out and creating a shift for the family unit that allows more space for both of you to get support. Maybe we need to go to the external support. It's also vital that we acknowledge if we have high expectations for ourselves and others that are unrealistic and how these expectations can impact our mental health. And I don't want to set this standard of blame. I don't want you to go into guilt mode or anything like that. I want you to ask yourself, Given the circumstances we are in right now, are these expectations realistic? Maybe outside of those circumstances, they could be, but in this moment, are they? Can we set more realistic expectations for ourselves so that we can relieve some of the pressure? Is there a perception that others have expectations for us and these standards are too hard to live up to? And that could be perceived, like we perceive our parents have these expectations for us or that they actually say it. And are they something you can even live up to? And does that require a further conversation with your partner or your family or whoever is placing those high expectations on you to actually address this? Perhaps that's our perception. And it's, and it's not their judgment. And that is worth a deeper conversation. Why do we perceive it, but they're not setting that standard? We set ideals for ourselves. And now we have to determine which ones are helpful and which ones are harmful. 
and we have to relieve the ones that are no longer making sense for our family unit. If we can't do it all, can we offload some of these defaults to our partner or our family, or are we privileged enough to outsource them? These are big questions, and the shift in our expectations can shift our experience. And while shifting expectations, we must acknowledge what responsibilities we are feeling most impacted by. So almost like scaling what stresses me out the most to the least. And if we are feeling this way because they are not being acknowledged. That is a piece that we often forget. Why are we the most impacted by them? Are they the most highly sensitive? Are they the most emotional? Are they the most physically draining? Or is it because you're not being acknowledged? Which leads me to my next step, appreciating each other, appreciating the co-parenting relationship, the individual person, the intimate partner, and the other half of the parenting team. Thank you for, I noticed that, I appreciate what you did, I know this is hard, the kids are so lucky to have you, thank you for everything you do for our family. And when I say these things, (laughs) I don't want you to roll your eyes. I don't want you to have this internal turmoil that's like curdling (laughs) underneath saying, but I'm not the best mom and the kids aren't really lucky to have me. I yelled at my kid yesterday. I know we can all internalize this so deeply, but I want you to be accepting of the appreciation, which is the hardest part. And he means it or she means it. You mean it when you say it. And knowing that. All of these small, simple statements of appreciation can do wonders. It doesn't necessarily lessen the load and make things feel a little less heavy in that sense. But it feels better to be acknowledged. It feels better to almost feel heard. Like, oh, you get it. I know this is hard. You do. Thank you. I'm here for you. Thank you. We often do a ton of silent work that goes unnoticed on the regular, right? It's free labor that we don't really have a choice not to do. Child rearing is emotionally and physically taxing. It creates endless to-do lists, good calendar hygiene, and attention to details to keep this boat afloat. It is nice to be seen for that hard work. We talk about reward systems. I talk about this all the time at work. Like we might receive a financial reward for our hard work. We might get a promotion. We might get a raise, might get a bonus. It's similar to working extremely hard on a paper and getting an A+. We operate on a reward system from very young age. Use the potty, get a sticker. This sense of accomplishment can be a lot harder to achieve when it comes to raising humans, especially in the early years. We can see small rewards when they're infants, when they give us a cute smile or laugh, when they sleep through the night, when they give us a hug or say, I love you. But sometimes it can feel like a thankless job that takes up almost all of our physical and emotional space as much as we love these little humans. So adding in some acknowledgement and appreciation can soften that missing piece. And I'm not talking about doing it when you're in the middle of a fight because it never works, but I'm talking in the small, simple, calm moments 
in the random moments, not when we know our partner was home all day cleaning, when we come home and it hasn't been discussed and the room looks nice and you acknowledge it. It is simple. We need to feel appreciated. We need to hear we're doing a good job. We need to feel rewarded for our hard work. We need to feel heard. We need to feel understood. And we need the co-parent in this relationship to provide that support because they have the inside scoop on what life is really like. And even then they don't know the full extent. And if they don't have some kind of idea about how hard it might be sometimes, it's also our responsibility to increase their awareness first step in this process and communicate our experiences the last step in this process sharing in our struggle sharing in our triumphs and challenges being validated for these feelings and someone offering to take some of that load off whenever possible is what allows the space to reduce or prevent resentment and feel more balance in these dynamics Can't you just envision that justice scale moving and (laughs) ebbing and flowing just through this conversation? I I mean, I love that visualization. I love saying to myself when I'm listing off, you know, all of the defaults and I'm piling, you know, what's my favorite thing? Like, I don't really like jelly beans, but something maybe heavy. I don't know. I keep envisioning coal. No, let's do gold. I'm envisioning gold being placed on the scale every single time. I'm doing something and watching it go down, 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 down. But we need to develop that awareness of what the partner's doing. We need to see where it's, you know, really helping us. And we need to see what pieces of gold on that justice scale we can place on the other side sometimes. And we need to be okay with that. We need to allow ourselves the opportunity to create space and not be the barrier to our self-care, not be the barrier to our well-being by putting up a front and saying, I'm not going to ask for his help. I'm on mat leave right now. This is my responsibility. I'm not making an income. His job is really hard. It's really long hours. It's really taxing. I know how hard he's working. You can acknowledge that. You can give him that appreciation and space to say, thank you for taking care of our family financially and doing all you do for our family to keep everything afloat. We recognize and appreciate that. I'm also drowning a little bit. Can you help me out in the child rearing zone? Whenever possible, can you encourage me to go for a run? Can you encourage me to go upstairs and have a bath and you've got dinner? Don't worry. And the kids are fine. Whatever it might be. Encourage small moments. So taking away from this, I want you to think about that. Maybe that will be our next episode is how our partners can help us find balance and how we can help them find balance in this crazy ride of having absolutely no time for ourselves while parenting and making time for ourselves which usually means one partner's not and one partner is being the default parent is emotionally and physically taxing it requires a lot of our internal working model to plan figure out logistics be everything for everyone and still somehow manage to take care of ourselves at the end of the day. No wonder half of us are finishing the day and all we want to do is pop ourselves in front of a Netflix show and binge or scroll our phones with mindless, you know, whatever we follow on Instagram, which probably doesn't always make us feel great. 
But overall, it is hard to fully explain and express this to our partners because sometimes it insinuates that our partner isn't pulling their weight, that they're being an absent parent in some way, or that they don't appreciate the challenges of being the default parent. So that is why communication is so important to do the awareness step first so we can sandwich everything in there, bringing it to the table, having the conversation, and starting to navigate the ways in which you can share the load to start creating a new dynamic for both parents. You are a team. This takes teamwork. It's not one versus the other. It's a team. So I'll leave you with that. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you found some of this helpful. And in case someone hasn't already told you today, you are amazing. Take care. Bye-bye.